Hi, my name is Eric. Welcome to the Expansive Podcast. In this episode, we talk about teams. It is no secret that if you want to expand your business, if you want to have a bigger impact in the world, then you need to do it through teams. So moving forward, especially with an uncertain future that is hurtling towards us, how we design and how we deploy teams is going to be crucial. So this specific episode, we take a a 30,000 foot view of this idea of how we design teams. And John gives us some insight into how organizations, whether big or small, should be structuring their teams. And I think it's very insightful. I hope that you enjoy the episode. And as always, if you do, please leave us a very quick review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Thank you and enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to this podcast from. This is John Sane from the Expansive Podcast, and I have my partner in crime, Eric. Hey, dude. How are you uh, doing, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, excellent. After try number four, for getting the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the clap and the, the we, synchronization. Uh, but doing you know, excellent. Let Thank the you. listeners know we've been trying to we've been trying to get the clap right before this recording starts, and we've been laughing out loud. Uh, one day, maybe we'll release those bloopers of us just laughing, trying to get our clap synchronized. Uh, Eric, uh, today we're speaking about teams. Yes, and you are an absolute specialist in this field of actually making teams operate better. And you use some language offline just now around the concept of teams and just go ahead again with that phrase and give us a little bit about that because I've got some um, some sort of disruptive leadership ideas that I want to share today. Thanks, dude. So when when we were talking offline, we were talking about our different approaches. And I think that's also why we love doing this podcast together is because we look at the world differently. We utilize our skill sets differently. And I was saying to you that some nice language that I've come across in the team setting is designing and deploying high-performance teams. And what's, what struck me is that uh, the design part, I think you are very good at because you have this um, expansive view of the world because of how you integrate psychology and the future and the understanding of where we are going. And then the, the deployment team for me is, oh, the deployment part is a bit more technical than it's more, how do we get the actual team functioning together? And that to me is, uh, I think we might strength lies, but we'll today, let's stay quite high level with this discussion. And really talk about some of the concepts and ideas that you have around teams and how they can approach the future. So will you, will you intro that for us? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm very privileged to have been asked to sit on a, a global panel of HR specialists. And um, so we've been doing a couple meetings online with the, the HR director of GM and the HR director of this organization and that organization. And I've actually been laughing because I'm like, I don't know how I got chosen for this because I'm not an <laughs> HR specialist by no means. But somebody had seen me do a talk somewhere around setting up the teams for the future. And I think what really starts to come become very clear is the teams that we have today mostly are excellent well-trained and well-educated at the rules of business of yesterday. Mm. And that becomes a huge problem. And no matter which exco I'm working with or organization I'm dealing with, whether it's in a conference or a workshop, often my question comes to the point of, well, okay, we understand that internet 2.0 is arriving soon or in the midst of actually becoming a reality for us. And we're moving away from internet 1.0 and quite quickly, internet 1.0 is data, communication, search, and social. 
Those were the, the sort of the, the, the chapters of chap, uh, Internet 1.0. We're moving into four new pillars and the Internet is going to move to become a seamless space of commerce. Only 14% of all sales around the world is done online and that's soon going to become close to 50, 60, 90% because of blockchain, AI, data, and biotech. And those four new pillars are going to change the very essence of how we interact with the internet. And the, and the big thing is, is that right now we tell the internet what to do. And in the future, the internet will tell us what to do. And if you think that's strange and you don't think that's going to happen to you, ask yourself next time Google Maps tells you to turn left instead of turning <laughs> right. And why? Because Google Maps knows better mm. because she, they understand um, the traffic ahead of you without you even knowing that. Right? Every business is going to be data and machine learning based. And when we start designing our businesses for tomorrow, the biggest problem I see in organizations is that we are sitting in a space of innovation focus. And what innovation focus means is doing what you did yesterday just a bit better, a bit more efficiently and with some modifications. And the biggest problem with that is that you fall into a loop of thinking that what you did yesterday is necessary tomorrow. The best example, and I use it in my keynote, is Gillette went from one blade to two blade to three blade to four blade <laughs> to five blade to six blade. Yeah. What's next for these poor people? 12 blades. Mm. And guess what? They wrote off $8 billion off their balance sheet last year. Why? Because wow. the world's moved on. It's not about blades. It's about efficiency. It's about personalization. It's about a whole bunch of different things. And so innovation worked in a world of supply and demand. We are now moving into a world of curate, match, and facilitate. In other words, we curate what you want we match you to your best, most personalized option, and we facilitate the sales in the most seamless way to you. Amazon is the king of this. In South Africa, we have Take-A-Lot, and around the world, we've got Uber Eats and Order In, Delivery Do, and so many of these brands that are all about curating, facilitating, and matching us to what we want. And the better a business gets at that, the better they're going to win the market. Now, the question comes in, is that is your teams made up of people that understand blockchain, AI, and machine learning, or and blockchain. And most people don't have data scientists, don't have blockchain specialists, don't have machine learning. And so what we've got to realize is that businesses need to be split up into three. And let me explain quickly. Before I do, any questions from you? No, Eric? so far so good. You're good? Okay. So what we have is we have people that are in the today team. And the today team are people that are focused on the one to two year horizon of what the business looks like. And they are the specialists inside that sector. If they're bankers, they are uh, food specialists, whatever it is your sector is about, they are specialists in that sector. And they're all about innovation. And they're about modification efficiencies because these things are still very important. But you need a tomorrow team. And a tomorrow team are people that look at your sector with blockchain, machine learning, and um, data as a filter towards your sector. So they are tech specialists first, sector specialists second. Now, who's done Tomorrow Teams really successfully? And the best example I can give you is Steve Jobs. Many years ago, he came back to Apple. There was a computer called Linda. He hated it and he couldn't change it from within. So what he did was he took some of his top engineers, hired new engineers, took them to an office away from Apple, put a pirate flag on top of that office, and he created the Mac or there back then it was called the Macintosh, which disrupted Lisa. 
So he moved away to disrupt his existing business. Another example is Toyota, who is now spending $2.6 billion creating a totally new business called Triad. I know an unfortunate name when it comes from Japan. Anyway, it's called Triad, which is like a gangster name. But Triad is an invested business that's totally away from Toyota that's about self-driving software. A totally different business, but understanding that the people that are making cars can't do self-driving software. Another example is Japan Airlines, who thinks that the future of travel is not so much about moving geographies, but actually just experiencing other places. So they have spent $70 million on creating an avatar that will give you a realistic experience of the holiday you want to go on. And so you understand that there's these major organizations investing huge amounts of money on their tomorrow teams. And then you get the day after teams. And the day after teams I call the evolutionaries. And these evolutionaries are redesigning the very essence of what success looks like. Elon Musk is the best example here. I think the worst businessman in the world, but the best impactor. And because if he was a businessman, he would be counting balance sheet. He's not. He's counting impact. And because of this impact and the irony of it in this world of hyper-transparency is that impact makes you the most profitable. Because we watch you, we understand your character, we know what your intentions are, and we want to be around you. And the best example I can give you about Elon Musk is on the 22nd of April, 2019, he came out with a message that says, Tesla will now compete against Uber and Lyft. And people said, are you mad? How are you going to do that? He says, well, we're going to have our own robo-taxi hailing app, and you're going to be able to call a Tesla instead of an Uber or Lyft. They said, that's impossible. How are you going to do that? He says, well, we'll have a million cars on the road by next year. And they said, well, how? He says, well, everybody who's bought a Tesla is now i got a taxi as well. So when the autonomous vehicle driverless sort of legislations kick in, we'll be able to, you'll be able to put your car into the pool and you can now earn over $30,000 if you put your car into the pool while you're at work and while you're at home. Now that on its own is genius, right? But this is his evolutionary step. He says Uber and Lyft charge between two and $3 a mile, depending on the fluctuation of pricing. We will charge 18 cents a mile. Now, what do you do with somebody who doesn't give a rat's ass about your profit margins? He doesn't care. Because if he was coming in as a businessman, you'd say $1.50. He's coming in at 18 cents compared to 2 to $3. So your teams need to be divided into today, tomorrow, and day after. These evolutionaries are made up of creative designers, futurists, and believe it or not, 15-year-olds. When is the last time you had a 15-year-old come into your business and say, I actually like that solution that you're bringing, or I don't like that solution? And the best example I can give you there is Deloitte in South Africa has a millennial board. And so whatever decision they make, That's or maybe amazing. some of the decisions they make, they put through a this filter of these millennial boards to say, look, do you guys actually think this business is good or not, or these decisions are good or not? Because ultimately, you have a bunch of older, more mature people trying to make decisions for a dominantly millennial market, which they don't understand at all. So the today team, your existing people, they bonus structures on innovation. Tomorrow team, away from your today team, focused on tech first and sector specialist second. And third team, again, away from your business, redesigning the whole sector of transportation to mobility, for example, or whatever the case may be, or air travel to avatars. You know, that's the sort of thing that you want to be thinking about there. So whatever business you're in, however small, medium or big it is, how do you go about engaging with these other skill sets so they can give you advice on Internet 2.0? Mm. So, so two questions. Would you also say that that's the order in which you set up these teams? So 
today first, future, and then the day day after, right? So would you tomorrow? S- yeah. So yeah. today, tomorrow, and day after. Yeah. Would you would you set them up in that order? Well, listen, I didn't say this, and it's my fault. Uh, one to two year horizon, two to five year horizon, five to ten year horizon. Okay. So what's going to happen in our business in the next two to five years? I mean, one to two years, two to five years, and five to ten years. Now, the people that are in the five to 10 years, they will tell you that over the next two to three years, what's going to happen is that new computers, supercomputers are coming online that have better processing power than the human brain. The human brain has about a million teraflops of processing power. The fastest computer on earth right now has about, um, I think 10 million or 10 and a half million or 15 million, somewhere around there. In the next two years, there'll be a computer called El Capitano that's made for the Nuclear Institute of America, I think. They'll have one and a half million terabytes, a teraflops of processing power. Now, that two to five year team will have that in its mindset, building a business around that world. You can't expect your today team to be worried about the teraflops that are coming from El Capitano. Mm. They have to worry about keeping the lights on right now to fund the tomorrow team. So really it's a process of redesigning in a disruptive way rather than just trying to be smart and having more team building exercises. I mean, that's really, it's done that. You can have team building exercises within the today, tomorrow and day after teams, but really just about stretching your today team to think about tomorrow without giving them the tools is actually making them schizophrenic. Mm. And I could see the value in bringing those teams together at times and they, you know, there's a, a lot of information sharing and then to go Absolutely. away and really focus on just what you're supposed to be focused on and the, the power that yes. that brings to the table. So one thing that I'm also just trying to reconcile in my head, whenever we talk about the future and it's always, it's always exciting to hear like, everything that you know about the future and, and how it's coming towards us. And it's, it's so intimidating mm. and so daunting in many ways. Mm. Mm. And then, and then there's an elegant solution, like having these three teams and it's great for if you're a big corporate, but if you, the small guy, mm. it, it, like mm. I'm trying to think, how do you do the same, but with limited resources in terms of employees and capital? Okay. So I think what you want to first do is as an individual, what do you do? Because Mm -hmm. this is not just daunting for business owners. I mean, as an individual, are you going to be disrupted? You know, what are you doing to upskill yourself? And so how much of your day are you spending reskilling yourself for what's coming, exposing yourself to new information? What, because everything I've told you is from this thing called the Google. Have you heard it? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If available to everybody. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So it's not like I'm, you know, I'm I'm not going into some cave and meditating this stuff down into my head. I'm finding it exactly where everybody else can find it. But if you're not exposing yourself to this information that's your own peril you know it's 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 really going to keep you it's going to it's going to make you disruptable then as a small business or a medium-sized business i suggest you bring in consultants for one hour a week one hour a month just bring in somebody and if you say you can't find them in where you live have you heard of the google (laughs) you can find them anywhere in the world they can video in you can you know there's don't give excuses. You can access these skill sets anywhere in the world for them to just look at your business and from their perspective, give you design ideas and strategic ideas so that you can just engage. Now, think about health and fitness. If you don't have a personal trainer around you, what do you do? You YouTube a workout. I mean, it's the same thing. So we've got access to all of this stuff available to us at our fingertips on your cell phone. And if you're not exposing yourself, it's really your own downfall that you're, that you're designing. And you said that beautiful quote 
quote one of the other podcasts, you'll get to a state of crisis because all you've done is gone for mediocrity. And so that's what's going to happen to you if you don't really keep up with the sort of uh, the dynamics of the changing world. Mm. Any other last thoughts on teams and how you prepare teams for the future? Did you not listen to the last 14 minutes of this podcast? <laughs> I, listened, I listened to all of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, to be honest with you, that's all I've got to say. I think it's enough to keep people really just thinking deeper about how they set up their structures. And, and a part of my keynote, I get to and say, look, we need disruptive leadership skills. We don't need you to have another MBA. We don't need you to do another Kumbaya. We don't need to go away and walk in the mountains for five days together to get to know each other. It's like, what does disruptive mean? It's making your current models obsolete to create new models. That's what it means. And so how do you go about just asking better questions and just going about resetting in an uncomfortable way teams that then will get you ready for the future? And ultimately, think about your own business, whatever business you're in, in 1999 or 2005, and you had no internet specialists working with you. You'd be dead, mm, mm, quite literally. Mm. I think they called um, Blockbuster, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Kodak, dead. And they're all dead. Why? Because they, they thought, nah, the internet, eh, nah, I'm not going to worry about that. And now the next thing on internet is blockchain, data, and machine learning. And all of these things can be daunting. The only reason they're daunting is that you're not exposing yourself to them often enough. And if you do, slowly but surely, they become natural for you to think about. Your language changes, your focus changes, et cetera, et cetera. So really just expose yourself in a process of accretion. Eric mm. Kruger, Love your it. beautiful word. Love it. Yeah, exactly. And that's just every day, expose yourself a little bit. You know what also sort of pops into my mind is that perhaps a, a cool way of also doing it, so you're outsourcing it. If you're, if you're a small business, you outsource it to consultants, like you said, and like there's more than enough of them around and they are focused specifically on their sectors and industries so they can bring that knowledge and share it with you. But I also think perhaps it's a, it's kind of a nice thought exercise for you to go through to say, well, what does uh, two to five years look like or two to three years look like? Play with that. And then a week later say, well, what does the next five years look like? And, and actually, you become your own uh, today, tomorrow, and day after team because you actually spend time just brainstorming it and like going to look for information. And because I think that's part of the challenge is we have so much information. And I was, uh, I was going through an email a bit earlier that I got, and it said something around the more information we get, the more ignorant we become of information because there's too much to take in. You know, so we become we become quite a, quite avoidant, and it also makes sense because you know, in my line of work, um, I spend a lot of time thinking about the things that's going to make me good in my line of work. I don't go look at the sector necessarily, or or take a, a thirty thousand foot view. Whereas if I implemented this in my day or my week or my month, and I said, let me do a today uh, reflection, let me do a tomorrow reflection, let me do a day after reflection. I think that already gets me thinking in a much bigger way about the future and how I could perhaps readjust what I'm doing to get there. Well, I think Eric, I agree with you, but remember something which is really dangerous is that if you don't have the skill sets of understanding the very dynamics and structure and the way blockchain works, mm. you can brainstorm until, <laughs> until whenever. 
You know, you need to understand what that thing is going to do, how it's going to create seamlessness between transactions. What is that going to do? And, and, and what are you doing to understand it better by if you're not engaging with a video about it or a book about it or a consultant about it? So I, I suggest you put the time aside to educate yourself on what it would look like in five years time and then start making decisions about your business or about yourself, to be honest. I think because in an individual capacity, I really think that the future relies on us accessing our own genius and really what does that genius look like and what and what role do we play in this world moving forward, you know? But either way, I think I uh, that's a lot to say about teams it. already. Will you just recap the, um, the timelines for the listeners quickly, please? So it's today team is one to two years, which is what every business is in, unfortunately. The tomorrow team is the three to five years and the day after team are the five to 10 years. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. John, thank you so much, brother. And okay, we'll catch Eric. up again soon. Thank you. Cheers, yeah, I look forward to it. Ciao. Bye.